Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground, would sleep and rise night and day. The seed would sprout and grow, and he does not know how. The earth produces of itself, first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. When the grain is ripe, though, he goes in at once with his sickle because the harvest has come. Jesus said, to what should we compare the kingdom of God? What parable shall we use for it? It's like a mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest seed in all of the earth. But when it sprouts and grows, it puts forth large branches, becomes the greatest of all the shrubs, and birds of the air come and make nests in its shade. With many such parables, Jesus spoke the word to them, the crowds, as they were able to hear it. He didn't speak to them except in parables, but he described everything to the disciples in private. The Gospel of the Lord. I bought an edger a week or so ago for my lawn, partly because I have a couple of neighbors with perfect lawns. I don't have the time or the energy or the desire really for a perfect lawn, but I guess I kind of like the challenge of trying to make the border where my grass meets the sidewalk or the street look at least somehow as neat and tidy as theirs do, like a highly piled wall-to-wall carpet with lines decoratively mowed, like lines on your living room rug, right, when you vacuum. My father, my wife right now, are probably rolling their eyes because they know me better and how this is likely to turn out, I will use that stupid edger because I paid for it. (laughs) And because I should probably keep the sidewalks in front of my house passable for kids and dogs and bikes and walkers and whatnot. But I really don't think or care as much about my lawn as some people do. And as some people think that I should, you know who you are. For some of you, I'm about to say the most controversial, offensive, upsetting thing I could say out loud in the house of the Lord. That is this. I'm inclined to believe that there isn't much more unnatural out there in the world than what we've been convinced to believe is the perfect lawn in suburbia. If our lawns were supposed to look the way our homeowners associations and Home Depot and that madman down the street for me have tempted us to believe that they should look, you know who you are, it wouldn't be so hard or so expensive or so time-consuming to keep them that way. With all the water, I mean, and the fertilizer and the weed killer and the mowers and the trimmers and the leaf blowers and all the gas and electricity and energy it takes to run all of that machinery. Which, of course, brings me back to Jesus and his parable about the tiny mustard seed, that enormous shrub, all those birds, and the kingdom of God. 
Sometimes we talk about the parable of the mustard seed and about how God can take even the smallest of anything and use it for good. About how God can turn the smallest acts of our menial faith into giant instruments of grace. About how God can grow even the smallest seed of belief into a full and living tree of faithfulness. About how God can take even the least among us and turn them into something bigger than anything we might be able to accomplish or expect all by ourselves. Those are all fair, faithful estimations about what this parable of the mustard seed might mean. But I suspect when Jesus met privately with his disciples, as the gospel told us today, he might have had a little more to say about the mustard seed than the rest of the crowds might have been ready or able to hear from him just yet. See, the parables, in general, aren't supposed to be so easy or so obvious or so warm and fuzzy as we sometimes make them out to be. Parables are also meant to teach us about seeing the world differently. Jesus' parables are meant to challenge our understanding of things. They're meant to upset us even, to make us uncomfortable, to upend our expectations, to transform our worldview if we'll let that happen. And I think that's why Jesus told the parables to the masses, threw them out there into the world like so much seed, letting them land wherever they might. But he only unpacked them. He only explained them for the disciples, and for his closest followers in private. I think Jesus knew that not everyone was ready for the whole enchilada, perhaps. So a theologian named John Dominic Croissant said this about the parable of the mustard seed. The point is not that the mustard plant starts as a proverbial small seed and grows into a shrub of three or four feet or even higher. It is that it tends to take over where it is not wanted. That it tends to get out of control. That it tends to attract birds within cultivated areas where they are not particularly desired. And that, said Jesus, was what the kingdom of God was like. Not like the mighty cedar of Lebanon, and not quite like a common weed, but more like a pungent shrub with dangerous takeover properties. The mustard seeds were not something the average farmer would necessarily want planted in his field because they're hard to manage. Once these pesky little seeds take root, they're difficult to control, and they'd take over the whole field of wheat or barley or grain or whatever is really trying to be cultivated. Not only that, but these giant shrubs attracted birds. And in a parable just before this one that Jesus told in Mark's gospel, birds are a nuisance. We don't like birds earlier in this same chapter because they pick up the seeds the sower is trying to plant, remember, and they gobble them up before they have a chance to grow. Birds stink. I don't like birds because they're creepy. 
and they're crappy. And I mean crappy because they crap all over my deck because they live in the bushes right beyond my deck in the backyard. So you see, there's nothing warm and fuzzy or easy about these parables when you read them differently. For 21st century middle-class suburbanites, you know who you are. Jesus might as well have suggested the kingdom of God is like a patch of dandelions. A weed. A nuisance. The kingdom of God. Something uncontrollable, something despised by your neighbors. Something your neighbors might hate to see growing next door. The kingdom of God. Something that would attract birds, perhaps. Undesirables of every stripe. Who are bound to make a mess of your good order. No matter what you do to tend to it, to manage it, to control it, or to keep it all for yourselves. In other words, the kingdom of God doesn't always look the way we want it to look. The kingdom of God means there are weeds in the mix. Saints and sinners are allowed and belong here. The kingdom of God is a nuisance. God's love asks things of us sometimes we're not always comfortable with tolerating, let alone loving. The kingdom of God and those God welcomes would be despised by others. What some would pluck up or mow over or zap with weed killer, God tends to. God loves. God fertilizes even. And let's grow in our midst until we learn to see them as worthy and beautiful and lovable. Just the same, those weeds. The kingdom of God attracts birds. Undesirable, creepy, crappy birds. And we're called to make room for them. To feed them. To tend to them, to protect them, even. With the shade of grace we proclaim so loudly and so proudly for ourselves. So let's think of the mustard seed and the invasive, obtrusive bush that it produces as something more like a patch of dandelions in the middle of our carefully tended, perfectly edged, micromanaged front lawn that is God's church in the world. And let's let it point to a Doing away with control, maybe. What if we didn't have to control all the things? An undoing of the rules, perhaps. A call to let the sinners mix with the saints, an acknowledgement that the mustard seeds and the dandelions are just as worthy and pretty and beautiful even as all the rest. If we forget that someone told us once they were weeds in the first place. Because what if we let those wild yellow weeds take over whatever perfectly tended lawns we've come to love and to cherish and to protect so carefully in the church? What if we let go of what we thought the mission field of God's kingdom in the world would, could, or should look like? What if we really let those annoying birds of the air, the strangers and the outsiders and the sinners, come near and move in and make their home among us and flourish in our midst 
too. That would take faith. Maybe even just the size of a mustard seed. That would take an ability to forget what the neighbors thought about our lawn. It would take a willingness to let God be God and to trust that if we just sow the seeds of grace and mercy and forgiveness and peace and mean it, the blessings would flow, love would grow, the kingdom will come among us, God's will would be done through us and for us and for the sake of the world in Jesus' name. Amen.